Hello out there. Welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on a Wednesday night for Snap Judgments. This is the podcast. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. The Buckeyes have concluded one more practice to get closer to a huge, massive primetime showdown with Toledo. A handful of Buckeyes are chatting with the media out here. Let's dive right in. Bill, wherever you want to go, what was your number one takeaway? Man, uh, my number one... I feel a disconnect like between my how I watch them run the ball and how they <laughs> think they're running the ball, and I don't like I don't know if maybe because I think Berman and I are kind of on the same page there, but like Donovan Jackson's like yeah it's been all right, and I was just like has it like I, I, it's not it's not been terrible, all right, but it has been all right. It's been fine. It's I mean, been all right. Maybe that's it. Maybe 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 it's been all right. Truly means it's been all right and not great. Maybe maybe that's me misinterpreting what he's saying, but. I, maybe it's a case of them saying one thing and meaning another, but but I really feel like they, they need to continue to take a step forward running the football. And when they talk about it, I just don't pick up on the same urgency. So I'm kind of curious to see what that looks like when they put it on the field on Saturday. I think especially for this group of offensive linemen, you have five really like good dudes who are just like nice guys off the field. And I think sometimes the way that they talk about things, we don't really get the same urgency slash like desperation slash like I have to kill someone vibe that you'd want out of an offensive lineman. And maybe it just doesn't ever come across quite as like pressing. But um, we can dive into that if any of these guys want to kill someone or not. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but Luke Wilkins from Jersey. That's true. I mean, there's a good chance he has, and we just don't he, know. He is the one guy who I feel like over the course of the offseason and maybe once this year we have talked to where you do feel an urgency. And we didn't talk to him today. Were we supposed to? We, we were supposed to. He didn't come out. Yeah. I was looking forward to that. It was like Donovan Jackson is just a very polite young man. Yeah. He's not going to say, we want to go out and rip Toledo's face off this week. So maybe maybe I should cut him a break. Um, my first takeaway, and I'm, I'm going to zoom ahead here. Ooh. Okay, I'm, folks, um, America, listen. We've already recorded Friday's bold prediction segment, what? and I, I'm just letting you know that now. I? And I want to be sure. I want. I want to be clear about something. In that bold prediction, I said that Emeka Ibuka is going to return Ohio State's first kick opportunity on Saturday against Toledo for a touchdown. Spoiler alert! In stereo, but uh, as we've learned tonight here at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on the campus of the Ohio State University. Uh, he will not be returning kicks on Saturday. It will be Chip Trainum, the linebacker, returning kicks. He did that a number of times in the Arkansas State game, except he didn't. They, didn't kick it. He was back there, but he didn't return any. He is now the first-team kick returner for Ohio State, and that is going to be the case Saturday, maybe moving forward. So, Well, maybe not once Jackson Smith and Jigba reclaims the punt return job. I don't know. I'm just saying... We, he was asked specifically, or Emeka Abuka was asked specifically, if the decision to put Chip back there instead of Emeka was based on a, a, a load management situation for Emeka, and he said no. It was because Chip's really good at it, and they want him to have the football. So, that's weird. The, it's almost like you should play running back. So that's the new, <laughs> so that's where we're at. Uh, so I want to zip ahead Don't to Friday, <laughs> to Friday morning, and, uh, my bold prediction, which, and this bold prediction was sort of for all the marbles. I said if this one didn't happen, I would forfeit my crown even if I got everything else right. Yeah, it's gone now. So That's mine. I've, I've, amended, I've amended the prediction here that it is going to be Chip Train and returning like the that. kick for a touchdown. I'll allow that. New yeah. information was presented before. Yeah. Yeah, well, what are we going to do? 
I think it's fair. That's why we normally wait until Thursdays at Film Bowl Predictions, so after we hear the, the radio show. Now you're just lying to the people. No. You were, you've said before, we should wait till after Thursday in case Day says something, someone's not playing or something changes. You remember that. He said it three weeks ago. That? We've done it on Wednesday every single time. Not last week, we didn't. Not no, first week. Guys, we do it on Friday. <laughs> Friday morning. Right. First we do, thing Friday morning. Um, anyway, so my biggest takeaway is that Chip Trainum is now the kick returner for Ohio State heading into Saturday's game, and he's going to return a kick for a touchdown. So this is like a little bonus episode of BPs for y'all. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, I hope that you go in there and try and edit the sound and do a voiceover for Chip Trainum kickoff return. Apropos of everything, I definitely am doing that. Okay. Good luck to you. I cannot wait to see how this turns out. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Um, or maybe just a subtitle or bleep it out. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, what I did you learn today? I see your work. Uh, I thought I really enjoy talking to Tanner McAllister. And I think we, we had this notion maybe, or at least I did. Uh, Bill and I talked about it, that maybe at some point, Cameron Martinez or Lathan Ransom would take that job in the slot and, and Tanner McAllister would, would fade into a, a complementary role and still be a valuable resource and leader, but maybe not an every-down guy. I think that the way he understands the game still continues to give him an edge over. We know that what Cameron Martinez can do physically, obviously Lathan Ransom, if that's sort of the way that they go. You know, athletically, they're going to have an edge over Tanner McAllister, but I think mentally, the way he understands this defense, the way he processes it, his competitive spirit, I think he's been very good through the first two games, probably better than I thought. And then just to listen to him describe that, his comfort with it, talks about the turnover situation and how Jim Knowles uh, feels or doesn't feel about it. I just, I, I come away impressed every single time. And now it's more clear than it was before, even in, in spring or training camp, two games into it, why. Ohio State really wanted him to help with and why Jim Knowles really wanted him in this transition. He He's providing a lot of value for the Buckeyes. Do you guys think that Tanner McAllister watches Jim Knowles' press conference during the <laughs> week? Because he was saying the exact same things, like almost verbatim, to Jim Knowles on Tuesday. I asked Jim Knowles, like, why like, why do you blitz? Like, why is it a philosophy of yours that you're so aggressive? And then he went on this thing of, and, and answered some other questions, too, about how it emboldens the defense to want to be playmakers at all times. It puts guys on islands. It puts a lot of pressure on them. They like the pressure because it makes them play more, fa- play faster, more aggressive. Tanner McAllister like, said the exact same thing when I asked them the exact same question. And they're like, yeah, like they're simpatico. Um, I, but I, I think that matters. I think Jim Knowles is trying to impart that on everybody in this defense. And it's getting, it's getting home. But Tanner showed up with it. And I think that's helped him, too. He, he has exceeded my expectations as well. I'm in the same boat as you. I thought, of course he would play I, I, but I thought maybe by this point we'd be seeing a push from somebody else behind him to cut into his snaps. It hasn't happened, and I, I'm not sure that it will now. Yeah, I don't know that it has to happen that way. I mean, we talked to Lathan Ransom again tonight, and he said pretty clearly, like, he doesn't care if he's a starter. I'm sure Cam Martinez is the same way. All The rest of these guys are probably saying, as long as I'm getting out there, as long as we're playing good football, who cares? I mean, last Thursday we believed – fully that Lathan Ransom was going to be the starter against Arkansas State. Josh Proctor went out there and played a good game. Tanner McAllister played a good game. I mean, it's, it, it's, it doesn't suck to have six dudes who can play. And so I think for Ohio State, you just have to understand that maybe all the talk we heard off season, this, this defense is a lot closer than they were a year ago. The, 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 the bonds are different. And I, I kind of see that. What these, none of these guys seem to be that concerned about what's mine, mine, mine. Say, hey, whatever. When, when it's my turn, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make that ha- stuff happen. And 
Lace and Ransom could have every reason to come out here and, or in the last week to be kind of pissed off and say, hey, you know what? I did everything right. I fought back from this broken leg. I dominated in game one, and then I'm sitting on the bench again in game two. But he's not. He, he could say, no, Jerry, I don't, I don't want to do media this week. Yeah. He's not. He's out here talking. And I, I think it just says a lot about that entire room in general, that these guys are all very invested in each other's success. It certainly helps if you can't, like, form any kind of schism or separation in the locker room because you've given up one touchdown in eight quarters. It can't be like, I need to play more. Defense would be way better yeah. if you're playing at such a high level. Now you can say, well, they haven't created any turnovers yet. Uh, I don't really buy into that argument that much personally because I think that Ohio State is really close to doing that. And, and certainly if uh, there are people who disagree with that, I understand why. At some point, Ohio State's going to have to probably get some interceptions and force some fumbles to win games, but they haven't. I mean, none of them don't give up any touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that's the counter argument to that. It is the ultimate trump card. But, you know, I, I think that they don't have to worry about it right now because everything else, the measurable stuff across the board, is so encouraging for them. And they know that like, Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolo are coming on strong. And uh, did ask Caden Curry if he thought what he did late in the game on Saturday meant he was going to have some more reps and opportunities earlier in the game. And he was like, uh, yeah, like him being out here feels to me some sort of confirmation of that. No, like he, in, he was. This is the official the removal of the black stripe. Yeah. Like once, once we'll reveal here behind the curtain, folks. Uh, we have to ask the SIDs here who we talk to on Wednesday nights. They have to grant permission for media to talk to certain players. And you guys were requesting Caden, and no one really expected that he'd be allowed to be out here. Yet he was the first person out here, and that generally is a sign that you know that player has now earned his spot. I think more so than removing the black stripe, don't you? Am I making that up? No, that's correct. I asked for Denzel Burke this week, by the way, and that did not happen. So just by comparison's sake, probably. I mean, they also don't like Denzel to. Burke, I don't think I want to come. Uh, Ohio State also doesn't like to bring guys out here who they know are just going to be peppered with yeah, negative right, stuff. Yeah, so. Um, not that you wanted to pepper him with negative stuff, obviously. This dude loves peppering people with little, negatives. Put a little pepper on it. Put a little pepper on it. A little pepper. Yeah, I've been known for my negativity. That's yeah. true. Um, <laughs> I think the rest of the secondary, though, did take multiple opportunities to back Denzel Burke. And as we said uh, in Snappy Jays on Tuesday, he went out and got that extra work before practice. We hadn't seen him doing that before. I think he understands the situation. And the rest of those guys haven't lost any confidence. They've you know, Lathan Ransom, Tanner McAllister, guys who play in the secondary. Hey, I've had bad games. You get beat and everybody sees it. It's going to be a touchdown or a big play. And, and that happened to him. And mentally, it seemed to get away from him a little bit. They said on the sideline, he was fine. He bounced back. And they thought that he handled it well, handled himself well, and that he's looking forward to the opportunity to go back out there on Saturday and prove that he's one of the best cornerbacks in the nation. So I think that, you know, that opportunity is in front of him. And I think we thought maybe Jordan Hancock would be closer uh, to contributing to that and adding something else for Ohio State to evaluate against Toledo. I, I don't know that that's going to be the case from what I've seen and gathered and heard over the last couple of days. I, I, Ryan Day sort of brought more optimism to that on Tuesday and said, well, we got up some scout work last week. You we might get more of it this week. Um, I don't think on a Wednesday he's close enough that I would expect to see him play on Saturday. There's a, there's a lot of runway, I think, between getting more scout work and, and then when you're actually ready to go out there and play a game. And when we were talking about all the guys who were injured on Tuesday, 
the tone felt a little different with Jordan. I, I think they'd love to see him out there. They're not going to throw him out there against Toledo unless he's 100% ready, especially given what Ryan Day said is the serious nature of his injury. So um, I would probably temper expectations as well to see him on the field. I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, it, you certainly want to have the, t- the guys getting some opportunity to knock the, the, the dust off ahead of the Wisconsin game. But, again, if you're thinking about it objectively, like you don't need Jordan Hancock to beat Toledo, you don't think. If you need Jordan Hancock to beat Toledo, you're probably going to lose to Toledo anyway. So... A prediction. Not sure. I'm not sure that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, I'm just saying. Situation. I'm just saying, if you need him to win the game, you're probably not going to win yeah, the game. It's a problem. Um, so, uh, obviously, the goal at this point Flying is to into the number four defense. have him back for the Wisconsin game. And um, you know, when we were outside, just stretching our limbs, getting loose, uh, he was he was working. America, in, make sure that you gift that for us, please. <laughs> He was not, uh, it didn't seem to be moving around like we would have hoped to see him moving around. But whatever. I mean, again, it's Wednesday. You don't know what can happen in the next couple of days. There's still three days to game day. So lots can happen in three days. Uh, Half the universe was made in half that time. I'm sure that nobody can argue with that fact. I'll have to check the math on that later. Uh, He and Cameron Babb, just for the record, on a Wednesday night were the last two guys strolling in off the uh, practice field behind us outdoors they're trying to do everything they can to get back i think it's just you know it's difficult to do so at this point with the nature of their injuries anything else that you felt uh an urgent need to discuss on a wednesday night i I, i'm wondering i didn't i was over there for some of emeka not all of it he it seemed like he thought jackson was going to play does think that did did you get any feel for whether he thinks julian's going to play not it's sort of the same way that i viewed it i don't think that they're quite in that same level of optimism with Julian's status as they are with Jackson. But that's, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like by Saturday. I just think the injuries are a little bit different for those two. Yeah, and we'll talk to Ryan Day on, on Thursday to get more clarity on that. I wanted to touch base on what Emeka said because I love seeing young guys get confidence in what they're doing, and you can see Emeka and Marvin and these guys starting to really take control of sort of themselves and their brand. I mean, he said that he thinks that him and Marvin will be better than Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson when they were at LSU. Um, like he I missed that part. Yeah, I didn't hear that either. Uh, which is pretty. I mean, that's pretty good if you can be. Um, you know, why doesn't he think that way about Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson? Why he, did he pick LSU? Well, the, I think he, I I didn't hear whether or not he was asked about LSU specifically. Uh, but that could have been the case. He could I'm have been going to guess that he was. Um, <laughs> so I think that may have been. The, and he said that he thinks they can be better uh, than those guys. And he, he didn't mention specifically that they're better. I thought he was talking about being better than Garrett and Chris. Yeah. But he was. He then said, "I think we can be better than Chase and Jamar Jefferson." That's pretty lofty, like ambition. I'm yeah. all for that. Yeah, like they were the best offense like in the history of college football. All for that, and that you know, Terrace Marshall. Who's Terrace Marshall? Uh, you know, who's going to be the Terrace Marshall of this Buckeye team, <laughs> so to speak. But what I, what I want to know, what I need to know, I am dying to know, is how many current NFL players can we compare this did, group of Buckeyes to? Did he call himself Baby Jamar? No, I asked him, I said, so does that make you Jamar Chase? And he said, I'm a Mecca, Marvin's Marvin. I'm like, okay, but you said 
You sure about that? <laughs> like, that's what you said. So, so we have Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase. Uh-huh. Aaron Donald. Uh-huh. Uh, am I missing anybody? Well, at one point, C.J. Stroud was compared to Matthew Stafford. Oh, he has also been compared to Eli Manning. I know he's not playing anymore. Um, we've heard of the Bosa comparisons for, for Sawyer yeah. and... Who did that? Who did that? Jim Knowles. When he, was at, he said he was oh. at Ole Miss with Eli Manning, and the oh. way that C.J. thinks about the game reminds him yeah, but of Eli. We already know so Jim Knowles know. lies about stuff. <laughs> Remember when he said that they gave up 10 turnovers, or they got 10 turnovers We're in those two games? We're talking about the things that we said on Friday. Those, that's a bold-faced lie. That's a bold-faced prediction that it was full of crap, Jim Knowles. Just kidding, Jim Knowles. I like you. Seem like a nice guy. Sure, be careful. I, I think we better wrap up stuff. Better wrap this. Before Berm starts alienating the entire world. Uh, well, only if they're like NFL football players. That's it. There's I'll, a lot of NFL football players on this Ohio State roster already. Like, I don't think they need to be compared. Why don't you compare Marvin Harrison to Marvin Harrison? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Emeka said, I'm... share the same DNA. Emeka said, I'm Emeka and Marvin's Marvin. I'm like, yeah, but now you're comparing him to Marvin Harrison. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not nice. Hope you all enjoyed this very special edition. Very weird edition. They all are. Of Snap Judgments on a Wednesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for the podcast. That's Bill Berm. I'm Austin. We will see you all tomorrow morning for the podcast daily.